Hey, TC, what time is it? What's up for makeover? Hi, I'm Siege. And I'm TC. And welcome to Movie Makeover, the podcast where we take the movies you love, thank you love, guilty pleasures, or downright hate, and give them a much-needed update. This week's movie is 2012's The Hunger Games, written and directed by Gary Ross of Big and Pleasantville. And the moment I saw Pleasantville, I was like, that explains a lot of the issues that I have in this. You know what? That's so interesting, because I was like, I remember liking Pleasantville. Maybe we need to... We need okay, to do okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> we need to do adding it. Adding Pleasantville to the list. <laughs> uh, and Suzanne Collins, the writer of the novel. Um, starring Jennifer Lawrence, Josh Hutcherson, Woody Harrelson, Donald Sutherland, and Elizabeth Banks. You saying that... I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to go back to this. Yeah, yeah you're you fine. You saying that Pleasantville is problematic after another view is so interesting because I felt that same way about Big, which is the other movie he's yes. done. <laughs> and it's just... I'm very interested to see how this age is 10 years I love it because what we're both saying is like we're at the first impression stage and it's just like honestly I can't remember oh actually I think the moment this movie started I because I was a huge fan of the books did you read the books I have never read the books okay so I'm excited to see what you think about this because I've read all the books and the books were the type that I started it and immediately was like, I need to know everything I can. Sure. It was very like Harry Potter where it just drew you in and it created this world and they really created high stakes. And this movie is filled with high stakes. Mm-hmm. None of it is shown. Um, so that's, that's my opinion. But when I first saw this movie in the theater as a fan of the book, I sat down and then within the first five minutes, I was like, oh, this is going to be a disappointment. So, very interesting. Uh, like I said, I had no uh, understanding of the story. I only knew the IP. Like, I saw the trailer, and I was like, okay, this premise is fascinating. Just as, a, as, a, as the story goes in and of itself, as a story, it's fascinating, right? It's a fantastic story. And so, like, I was just kind of thinking about the possibilities of what this story could be, and then when I saw the movie, I remember being just, like, bummed out that they didn't do more with this amazing subject matter. And, like, people would argue with me afterwards and be like, well, you know what, it's just because you didn't read the books, and if you would have read the book... Okay, this is my... I hate this fucking (laughs) argument. A a film should stand on its own. Thank you. You you do not need to do any homework before you go to a movie for it to be good. That was my response for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was like, if you need to watch all of Quentin Tarantino's movies to understand a Quentin Tarantino movie, then it is not a good movie. <laughs> and it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, I i really wanted to like this movie when I first saw it, and I was frustrated with the way just things were portrayed. I Some actors I thought did really well, others I did not think did very well. And so there was just all these feelings, and then everyone's like, oh, just wait for the sequels, wait for the sequels. And I'm like, god damn, dude, just give me a, a standalone movie, please. Yeah, absolutely agree. Do you have uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. critics' re- reaction? Let's uh, let's talk about the re- critical response. So um, uh, this movie had a budget of $78 million. See, do you think it made its money back? Oh, it made its money back. Do you know how much it made? I don't know how do much it made. Uh, let's say $200 million. $700 million. Woo! This was like a jaggernaut, bro. Woo! This was 
a worldwide sensation. Oh, this, yeah. oh, oh, they were like, we don't care how bad it is. Now, typically for us, we try to stick to movies that are have a Rotten Tomatoes score of 80 or below. Mm-hmm. This one actually has a pretty high score of 89%. What? But the reason why I wanted to do this is because I specifically remember not liking this movie. And everyone around me seems to have the highest opinion of this movie. And I was like, I need to come back and I have this. theories. And I have theories as why that is. Because I, when you suggested this movie, I looked on IMDb and it had a 7.1. And I was like, this is, this movie is really highly rated for a kind of teen PG-13 movie that doesn't really do anything with the IP. I don't know, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but you keep going. Um, so yeah, like you said, it had 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Roger Ebert gave it a 4 out of 5. He said he really loved Jennifer Lawrence, but he thought the movie was too long, which it is, and it didn't push the social criticism far enough, which it doesn't. Exactly. <sighs> okay, so uh, let's get into this summary. Katniss Everdeen, played by Jennifer Lawrence, uh, voluntarily takes her younger sister's place in the Hunger Games, a televised competition in which two teenagers from each of the 12 districts of Panem are chosen at random to fight to the death. Amazing. Amazing, like, That premise. Yeah. That premise is fantastic. You have me. And then also, like, oh, God. Let's, let's just start with the good. Okay. What do you have that's good? Um, you know what? There's actually, that's what's frustrating for me because there's, there is things I like so much about this movie. Like, I really like, um, just starting with the, the actors, um, I think Elizabeth Banks is great. I thought Jennifer Lawrence was great. I thought Stanley Tucci was amazing. Um, uh, and that... No, no, no. I honestly, like, for me, I wrote that in my good to kind of echo you. I said the senior actors, I honestly don't have a problem with the, any of the actors. I feel like any actor in this movie, especially in the first one, the way that they struggle is more on the director, not their performances. I feel like we could get great acting from anyone here. I think Woody Harrelson was casted correctly. Uh, Lenny Kravitz was casted correctly, and Stanley Tucci, as you pointed out. These individuals, as someone who read the book, they they are who you think of when you know about these characters and you know their history and their past and where they're going. Um, I'm, I, I just go want to say, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because you're coming from the perspective of, I want this to match the book. And I'm coming from the perspective of just like, where do I want the story to go? And it's one of those things where almost an experience you probably had while you were reading it. Yeah, well, so for me, it's, it's where do I want this to go, but also with the characters, like take Woody Harrelson, for example. I'm not necessarily tied to the book about his portrayal because they do some things that are a little bit different. But Woody Harrelson is kind of a shorthand for this kind of character. Yeah. You, once you see him, you know what you're getting. Stanley Tucci, the moment you see him in that smile, you get, you know who you're getting. I liked that because even if you don't go into the full backstory of these individuals, you get Woody Harrelson's a drunk, but kind of smart. Stanley Tucci is this public TV figure who they never really explain the way that they would in the book, but you don't really need to hear his backstory or who he is because you get it. It's there and they portray those characters with an understanding that anyone could watch them and be like, oh, I know who this person is. Yeah. I get this trope. I get this 
person. So, um, yeah, I was gonna say that it's interesting because I I felt that like Stanley Tucci and maybe like even Elizabeth Banks, just for me, to me felt the most comfortable in their character. Like they seemed to me like uh like a character that, that they just knew who they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, where there were some actors who I felt like really didn't meet that mark. My main complaint, because like you said, everyone does fairly well with this, is that there were some chemistry issues yeah. that like altered the storyline for me that I could not get over. And like that shit was really hard for me to... So this is kind of hard because... Like, like, finish your thought, it could be, and I'm, I want to express something, again, as a book reader, that I could see them going for, but I still want to hear what your, I, your book about. I, I'm going to save a majority of this for the bad, but I just want to say that the, basically my issue is that I feel this movie would have been so much better if there was actually chemistry between PETA and Katniss. And I didn't feel like it was there at all. I felt like Marty McFly kissing his mom. Like, (laughs) that's the vibe I got when they were together. And so, like, as a viewer, like, if I thought there was actually some kind of, like, um, love triangle or something there, like, it would have pulled me in so much more. Maybe they were purposefully going for that, but I just wanted something more than I got. I love that you said that because, all right, so in the book, I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. whole thing. In the book, the thing is that Katniss is kind of, like, emotionless. She's very... First of all, we have a voiceover. We get to hear her thoughts. And that was something that the moment we didn't get, again, as it opened up, I was like, oh, this is... We're we're missing out because a lot of her behavior contradicts her thoughts. Mm. And that's hard to express through acting in general, um, let alone with acting like this, with a director like this. So, um... The whole love triangle and the whole Peter and Katniss thing. Peter is in love with Katniss. Katniss is distrusting of that love because of her environment. And she thinks that all of this is an act for him. So the fact that there's kind of like not real chemistry would make sense. Because for her, she's just kind of like, oh, I guess we're doing this as an approach. You know what I mean? It's sure. like, it's, it's all a game and she's not an actress. So she's doing the best she can. Yeah. And that is what it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be kind of like one of those things to where eventually she does begin to care for him, but she doesn't really understand those feelings because again, she's lived in a world where love isn't a real thing. Yeah. You're, you're being practical. Sure, sure, so sure. that's what they were going for. Or at least that's what they should have gone for. And then I'm with you where I looked at it and I was like, I'm getting nothing. <laughs> um, while we're talking about things we like, I mean, again, I know you're coming from a book perspective, but just as a fresh take on just what this story is, there was so much that I loved about it. And there was so much allegory that I was really dissecting the entire time I was watching it. I feel like this time I viewed it more as like a Black Mirror episode where I was prepared to like really kind of think of the metaphors that were being shown. Um, Gail has a great line where he says at the beginning like um, something to the effect of um, like, hey, let's just not watch the games. Like if everyone rebels and just decides not to participate, the whole thing would fall apart. And like there were so many lines like that that just made me think of our current political state and just where we are and I think there was things like that that I really enjoyed. So I literally just posted. I was like, where is my remake of The Hunger Games? I have seen 22 versions of Batman, 97 versions of Spider-Man. We're going to get another one. And we're getting another one. 
why can't we redo a Trump era post uh, Sandy Hook, post yeah. Game of Thrones yeah. type story featuring the Hunger Games? Because as you said, the thing that it sounds like you're connecting to, which is what I connected to, which is what I think most people connect to, which is why I think it has a higher rating, is the story. And everything that this story deals with. I feel like this story is good. The characters are good because it's raising very interesting questions that were relevant in 2012. In 2019, oh my God. Such a short time, but really so much has happened. So much has happened. Um, I wanted to get your take on this because when I was looking at the casting of this movie, Mm -hmm. I was thinking like, all right, so we're having people from all these different districts. And for whatever reason, it seems like all the black people are in one district. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, but the, the cast is majority white with a little bit of black sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in this film, I don't believe we saw any Asian or Latin characters. So Very I'm, good point. I'm wondering, like, where is this, I guess, to relate it to where we are in our country? I don't know if you can with a fictional place, but... Is this supposed to be West Virginia? Is this supposed to be like Michigan? Like in my you mind, are literally you are making me so happy because what you are doing is you're pointing out the other flaws that I have with this movie. This movie, this Panem, or whatever it's called, Panem, which I don't know if they actually like make clear in the movie, yeah. but it's supposed to be the future of America. Water has risen. Um, the areas, you know, like there have been hard times, all there were wars, basically the continent of the U S is different now. It's shaped differently, but it's still the U S. So district 12 is supposed to be like the Appalachians, Kentucky, like that area. District 11, which is where you see the black people. Those are Mississippi, Alabama. So it's like the country is now divided into 12 regions and those regions each contribute to the capital, and this is where we are. Yeah. And I thought, we're, we're just kind of getting into all over the place, but it doesn't really matter to me. Um, there's a scene where Elizabeth Banks shows everyone the capital's propaganda video, yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why didn't we open with that? Oh, there were so many times I was watching this movie, I was like, why didn't we start there? Why didn't yeah, we start there? Yeah, and in, in my mind, if we open, like, I feel like a good director would open with that and, and basically show you the propaganda version of what you're about to see and then mirror that right with the reality of where Katniss is. You know what I mean? Like, that, that to me is a way more impactful moment and it's a way better introduction than words on a screen. I, I agree with you in the sense that I really had issues with the way timeline was portrayed in this movie because when I initially saw this and when I saw this again, the entire time I had so many questions about, like, this world. Like, I needed more rules. I needed more... And they're there. Yeah, it's and it's there. It's just... There was, there was times where I was just like, I'm more interested in figuring out how this happened. I'm more interested in the the fact that there's an entire society that's in finding entertainment. Like, I want to know about this stuff. And so it was hard for me to, to, to really, like, wrap my mind around the games themselves when I had to, like, mentally, like, 
understand everything that led to the games. Exactly. And this this is my 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 point. Uh this movie does it it kind of does that thing where you just understand. Remember, I think you had spoken about it with Aladdin, where you're like, oh, you're just trying to hit these beats. Yeah. And I would like it if you just kind of took what those beats meant and made it your own. Yes. And that's what happens in the first movie. In the Hunger Games movie, a lot of things are like, they're trying to be like, oh, and we did this, and we hit this chapter, and we made sure that this character looks this way. And you're like, yeah, but what about the politics behind this? What about the people, the emotions, the systematic oppression the class issues you know it's like as you said they've this story is so phenomenal that and it it asks you or it dares you to ask more questions i really want it i really want it more flashbacks i really want it more like there's one flashback where we get of katniss where she sees like we understand her dad and her mom's dynamic which i really liked i thought that was really well done but i just wish there was a little bit more things like that um, to, to help us understand everything. It, it's funny because when Harry Potter and Twilight, and I, I'm pretty sure Twilight, uh, Hunger Games does it too, where like they basically took their last book and yeah. divided it into two movies. Correct. And I always thought like, these studios are so greedy. They just want mo' money, mo' money, mo' money. <laughs> but with a book like this, I think it would have really benefited from not trying to shove this entire huge story with all these interesting dynamics and rules into one film because like you said by the time the game start like if this whole movie would have led up to the game starting then i'm on board like because then i'm mentally understanding everything i'm prepared i know the world we're going into um and so that's kind of how i felt about that i think you're saying it it just dawned on to me that my theory for what would make this movie better is to turn it into a series i think this movie Either it needs to, as you said, it needs to be broken up into more movies. Let's go Marvel Cinematic Universe with this. Which all Marvel movies right now are episodic versions of the same story. They're all interconnected. You're getting different uh, viewpoints. But it's all one huge story broken down into movies that, you know, almost chapters. Sure. And... That's what we needed to do with this series because what is being approached either by a TV show or in a movie that breaks it down a little bit more is the complexity. The thing that made the book so enjoyable and is even intriguing in this movie is all of the other things outside of just the games. The games and the violence are one thing, but... The motivation for the games, the motivation for the characters. It's too much in a movie that already feels too long. Like, it's so much information. Absolutely. So quickly. And also, there's, like, a psychological element to the books. Again, it's just, like, like the toll that... I mean, it's literally the lottery of who gets to die. Yeah. And they... Barely explore that. I That's the thing I was like, <laughs> I really wish they would make more of the fact that children are killing each other for entertainment. And they never kind of take like a like a, a, a step back and give us a grander scope. Like the one thing I did like, which I, again, I wish there was more of, is the scene where, um, you know, Rue dies. Yes. And Katniss, she does the resistance symbol. Yeah. And it, it breaks out into this huge rebellion. Um, 
I wish we would have saw more of these districts, like what it was like for them, like their parents to see their kids die. Like we don't get any of that. Thank you. Um, do you have any more good? Because I, 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 I do. I do. Actually, no. It's, <laughs> and the reason I love this conversation, I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things in the bad that I want to cover that would handle sure. that. Because I'm with you. I think that I said earlier, the story itself and these characters, um, and even kind of the way they built the world, is is a, that, those deserve awards. Sure, but. The execution in total just could have been better. Um, okay, so just a few things that I really did like. Cause I, actually, there is a, quite a bit. Um, I thought it was interesting how they offered them, like, as soon as the whoever's chosen to be a part of the games, they offer them all this food, and they offer them all this, like, lavishness on the train, and, and give them this, like, taste of this wealth. And, um, I, and honestly, when I was watching it, it made me think of, like, NFL players. It made yes. me think of, like, kids from the hood that, like... <laughs> older white people come in and they're like, hey, destroy yourselves and your bodies for our entertainment. And yeah. I'll, we'll offer you the world. <laughs> this goes right back to what we were just saying, which is that for me, for, that is so implicit in that scene. These are, these are you've seen the quality of life that Katniss and Peta have. And then they get on this train and it's just luxury. Yeah. And then the when they get to the Capitol, it's just luxury. And I wanted there to be moments of like, imposter syndrome you know what i mean oh, like definitely. of of either the certain showing certain kids from districts just living it up and be like oh yo can you believe we have yes. like being impressed by no it? one was envious no one had in, in like no one was like oh food like yeah. you were just grilling squirrel like yeah, exactly. how are you not excited to have breakfast exactly like, or immediately being like oh crap th- this is a final meal situation yes you know just what I mean? freaking like the mental that's why like, you said like a series i'm like hbo netflix fucking please because yes. like that's the kind of shit i want to get into but we'll save that for the bad yeah um, uh i really liked uh the game prep i thought it felt interesting because mm-hmm. like they're really helping kids get ready to kill each other in those scenes and i thought i was like wow this is so crazy but then i was like the military <laughs> well, well, so that's what I think. This this is a perfect allegory for the military and how we do that. But also, one of the things that I think is important is there's a line when the woman is starting the prep and she goes, it's not just about knives. Don't ignore the survival skills yes. and all this other stuff. Because most of you will die from lack of nutrition yes. and exposure. That's how most of you will die. It's not going to be a gun or an arrow or a knife. You're going to die because you don't know how to live in the wild. Which I don't think those statistics add up to the portrayal that we see. I mean, that's true. <laughs> but what I'm just saying is... Like, this was the bloodiest of all the games. If that, those are the statistics <laughs> that we're throwing out. Exactly. Uh, very, very much so. Um, one thing I did... You were talking about, like, the lavishness of the capital and everything. Um... I really thought that uh, it was interesting to see. Um, I, I, you know, there's things about the Capitol that I don't like. Yeah. But I really liked how the contrast between you know District One or the Capitol versus District Eleven or Twelve, where where Katniss is from, had this kind of like 
creepy somewhere over the rainbow kind of feel to it you know what i mean like this is really a different world and like when i thought about like her journey and going from like where she was to there i couldn't help but think of that like wizard of oz but like the nightmarish version of that but see that's a that's a, so i will give them credit for this because that is some again even if you take away the book i just think of it from a character perspective and a psychological perspective mm -hmm. and someone who everyone you see is kind of poor and covered in dirt and all this stuff going to a place like the capital i want that surreal moment yeah i want her looking around and seeing all these people made up and everywhere you look there's bright colors everywhere she looks in her hometown is dark and brown and gray yeah. and like messy and this place is polished and Everyone is colorful and everyone has a smile on their face. And again, to me, that is, I, and I think it's because you and I have moved around a lot and we've experienced upward mobility. Mm -hmm. But that jarring moment is what I think is missing from the Capitol. But I do like that you automatically got that this was a surreal yeah. experience. Dude, I moved to Calabasas six months ago. I'm still wrapping my yeah, head Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say that there are emotional beats that hit really hard and well. Um, mm -hmm. The scene where Katniss uh, calls tribute for her sister made my girlfriend cry when we watched it. Um, and there were moments where I thought that Jennifer Lawrence is doing a phenomenal job with the character and how, the direction that she's given. I, there were things, again, I wanted more of, but what, for what she was able to give, I loved it. Um, I really like that they made President Snow an old white man because I think it's a bit of realism to have an old white man be responsible for the death and the misery of the poor. Um, <laughs> I thought it was so interesting how they made the rich kids, like, District 1 kids are prepped for this since birth. And they have the best instructions and they're made for this, they're warriors, and for them... Going into this afterwards is a privilege because you were prepped for it your whole life. And it just, the military kid, the rich kid analogy that I'm forming while I'm watching this, again, I, I wanted some more of. Um, almost like in Dear uh, White People, how they, like, each character sometimes has, like, a flashback yes. of where they came from. Yes. I would have loved to see this District 1 kid, like, understand, like, how he was bred his whole life, assuming he was going to win because he was prepared for it. And then almost like um, a rich kid going out into the world for the first time and understanding you were lied to, this kid has that realization at the end of the movie, but I feel like it doesn't hit as hard because we don't know the the realization that he makes when he realizes, oh shit, this wasn't like made for me. Every, every single time you say something, I'm like, this is why I want a series. <laughs> In all honesty, I feel the same way. I felt like watching this, we are getting clips of emotions and clips of insight, but we're not, none of it to me anyway, felt like it landed because it was so short and it was given so little on screen yes. presence. It's not that it's not there. It is all there. Everything you're supposed to get is there. But that realization that this, when Cato, the kid from District 1, mm -hmm. When you realize that you are going this and you're arrogant and you're like, yeah, I'm I'm in the games. I'm one of the chosen ones. I'm going to get everything done. And then the numbers start to dwindle and you realize that this was always a sacrifice. Yeah. This wasn't this this wasn't nobility. This isn't patriotism. This is you being served up on a platter. Yeah. And that realization 
That is what I want. I wanted that <laughs> Rambo Vietnam vet moment of just like, what? Why am I here? Why are you sent here? They lied to us. Yeah, I wanted that realization. And again, we just had a little peek of it, like you said. But um, for what we, I'm glad they at least acknowledged that that was a part of it. Um, yeah. I okay. So one of the things I really liked about the story was I love that the damsel in distress was the male. I love that it was the female who had to step up and save the male. This wasn't Prince Eric coming in at the last minute and killing Ursula and like yeah. saving the day. Like she literally saved Pia's life multiple times. And that is kind of one of the things that made the book um, very um, appealing. Again, at the time, is you had this female antihero. Yeah, this female one who comes in and she is Pia's savior. Um, and and it's her idea to kind of end the games the way that it it does. Yeah. Um, again, just kind of like one of the frustrations is it's implied in the movie that she understands. She's like, no, trust me. Just like, trust me. And in reality, in the book, in that part in time. Um, For the berries at the end? Yeah. The berry, yeah. It's, she doesn't know that they're going to stop her. She sees this as a real sacrifice. And to me, that's even more important. And that's even a more emotional tug. Because you have someone who's like, you know what? I'm not going to... I refuse to kill you. I have I went from this nihilistic, removed, cut-off person to someone who cares enough about you to... Let's do a, a, a murder-suicide pact. I wish for that moment, um, because I really don't have anything else for the good, so we can start merging yeah. into the bad. But for that moment specifically, um, like you said, I do think the Barry's thing was a little unclear on what her motive was, and I really wish we'd have got a little bit more clarification. But I wish it would have came from this idea of, like, fuck you for changing the rules last minute. Like, no, I'm not going to kill for your entertainment. I wish it would have been more of an F you to the man moment instead of like, we're so in, you know what? My love is so strong that we're going to do this together. And I couldn't tell what vibe they were going Thank for. you. So now that you've given me permission, we will shift to the bad. Let's go. And most of my bad will just be to clarify everything that you have questions about. Because in reality, uh, I've said it several times and I will constantly revert to the book but that's because in most movies or in most scripts you don't know a character's motivation so it's hard to say well what were they going for but in in a movie based on a book you know that person's motivations you understand what they were going for and as i said in the movie version katniss is first of all the world in general everyone is kind of nihilistic They've all resigned to the way that things are. The thing that makes PETA exceptional and likable is he's the one person who kind of, like, looks at life on the bright side of things. I didn't get that at all. Exactly. But you can't... Here's the thing. You can't see that because every other character is kind of normalized. Yeah. No one's really distraught in this movie. Yeah. No I, one's really giving I up. I really wish that, like, amongst... like. Basically, uh, J-Law's mom in the movie should have been everyone. Yes. And I didn't get that and, and in the book, it is. Yeah. In the book, everyone is just resigned to their lot in life. This is us. It's always going to be, there's no way out. Yeah. And again, Katniss herself is the epitome of that. You know what would have helped with that? Um, 
a kid dies, we flash to that person's parents and they don't cry. They don't... Something just stoic. That would have showed me, see, oh, this is what the world is like. That's another thing. So, during you mentioned Katniss' sacrifice um, where she volunteers yeah. instead of her sister. That is such a revolutionary thing because, again, for years everyone's just been kind of dull to it and you just kind of like, your name gets called and you give up your kid. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, it's... You may have emotions, but... You're not going to be overly expressive about it. I mean, there's, in the book at least, PETA comes from, like, a family of five. And it's kind of like that thing where it's like you're poor and you just keep having kids because yeah. you assume you're going to have to give one up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the world that they live in or they're supposed to live in. A scene that kind of is supposed to show you the comparison for um, what Katniss has done is PETA has five brothers. And when his name is called, no one volunteers in his space because yeah. it's just kind of this thing of that's that's the way it goes. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, that would have been really interesting to see that. In order to see that, in order to make this comparison, and I just think I think that Ross, the director, didn't really understand the the many layers of this. A story. Yeah. Um, and that's how it comes off to me. Because in this story, you have class differences. You have sacrifice. You have nihilism that meets resistance. You know, and, and Katniss was this individual who... She is very distrusting of everyone. She thinks everything is uh, a plot. And, she, you know, Peta, the one person who's kind of this bright-eyed individual, she even takes a moment to, yeah. like get through and the different versions that the movie shows you of his quote unquote betrayal that that is um just affirming what she affirm, already yeah, yeah affirmations for her because she's like oh i knew that he was yeah. just playing me and all this other stuff quickly i just want to talk about the parents reaction real fast before i move on is that this yeah when you're saying oh the director didn't understand the layers i would say too many layers and what I mean by that is by having these parents who are stoic and who aren't reacting, as an audience, we don't know what led to this. And exactly. because we're not getting any voiceover, because we're not getting flashbacks, I think in our current state of school shootings where kids are literally dying every day, to have more of a human response from the parents and then like maybe have the guards take them away or someone like react in a way. Or a stifled which, response. You yeah, know what I mean? Something like, where you want to react but you can't, a fist being clenched. Yes. Something to make me understand like, oh, they're human. Because to, I, I get the point of like, oh, they're so far into this world that they don't feel that there's anything worth reacting for. But that wasn't communicated to me when I saw this movie. Exactly. And this is what, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like the movie, its shortcoming is its lack of nuance in these emotions. The thing is with, with Katniss, again, they kind of allude to it, but she's supposed to be someone when, when PETA starts this love interest thing, to, she thinks it's a plot. And so she has to perform in a way with this guy she doesn't really care about or doesn't really know, but you see her go in and out of that questioning of their relationship and their dynamic. That's never, you never really see her question it other than the one time she gets angry at him for expressing it on TV. You know what I mean? Also, I have an issue with Hemsworth's character a little bit because there's so many like times where like there's a cut to Liam reacting in a way where he's like, we're supposed to believe that he's hurt that Katniss is in this whatever relationship with PETA, but 
we don't know of them as a person to where he has a romantic interest in her. Like, all we did was see you grill and squirrel, fam. Like, exactly. we don't know that there's feelings there. And maybe in this world, that's as far as feelings ever get. And I get that. But again, as just a viewer who just wanted an interesting movie to watch, like, I would have wanted more. So you know what would have helped with all of that for me? I looked at this movie and I was like, why are we not Truman showing this movie? Why is whenever Stanley Tucci on screen, there's not like a small little yes. screen, like a split screen where we're seeing things and you understand that we are watching a game. We are yes. watching a sporting event. We are, you know, getting more of the audience reactions. When, when we're supposed to feel something, show the audience buying into it as well. Thank you for bringing up Truman Show because there were so many times where I was like, I want this to be more focused on the reality TV aspect. Yes. Like, that to me is fascinating. And I really wish I would have had more of that. I want to take a moment to talk about the Capitol for a second. Yes. When I first saw this movie, I hated everything about the Capitol. I've had this argument with so many friends after the movie where they're like, it's supposed to be like that. It's no, no, no it's supposed <laughs> to Guys, I get it. But I'm telling you, for a movie that starts off in the equivalent of, like, the Appalachians or yeah. whatever. She's grilling squirrels. She's eating yeah. mud bread, which I'll yeah. get to in a fucking second. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're so nice for throwing bread in the goddamn mud like a pig. <laughs> I got it. All right. you, yeah, you're crushing yeah, yeah. pretty huge. Um, no, but seriously, like, I, it, they go to the equivalent of a spaceship. Like, they go to where, like, a city that seems as though it came out of Ragnarok or, like, yeah. Guardians. Like, it doesn't feel like it's of this world. And to me, that made it really hard to just, like, accept the rules and just follow along with the story. Because so many times I'm just like, wait, what year is this? If someone walked by in green skin, I wouldn't have questioned it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's how but extreme see, it is. That the, as you said, the capital is supposed to be that way. But why not show someone um, in green skin? Why not really, I think, for me... Elizabeth Banks' character, mm -hmm. uh, Effie, is not said in this movie, but um, she is supposed to be... You're su supposed to have her as like a tie-in to capital mentality and how these people think. And what I mean by that is because we understand class dynamics and stuff, there are people who are in the 1% who don't understand that they are part of the same game. You know what I mean? It's like, you are just as much of a slave as anyone else, yeah. but your slavery looks different. And she buys into this whole thing. And I think it's kind of like, it's kind of shown of her being a rule follower, but you don't really understand yeah. that her identity is tied into being a person from the capital and what the lifestyle of someone from the capital is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that... And that's, and that's the thing. Like, I wish that, again, because there's so much information that they're giving us at once, yeah. just to have, uh, like, capital be affluent in a way that's understandable to us, affluent in a way to where I can understand maybe who Elizabeth Banks' character is a little bit more considering how little screen time she gets. Because there are moments, again, the fire dress thing, I'm like, what planet are we on? What is this? Well, like, I'm so confused <laughs> by the rules of this. Well, it's really funny because I think as, as we were making it clear, there's just not enough of a line drawn or like a, a gap between 
the world that um, Katniss leaves and the world that she enters. Yes. It, what would have helped me out with so much of this? Just the shot of us going from district to district, seeing things get gradually and gradually more Which interesting. Which is how it's supposed to be. And that would have helped me not have this huge moment when I get to the Capitol where I just don't feel like any of this belongs in the same movie that it started in. Absolutely. And I, and I think that you are seeing all of the critiques that I have of this movie, which is that, this is why I said, I feel like the director, this movie in my mind, suffers from the director and the editor. Yeah. Can I talk about the editing for a little bit? Sure, yeah, yeah. Because, again, not only in my mind, as I said, why are we not doing split screen? Why are we not doing Truman Show? Why are we not reflecting back to the audience more and reminding us that this is all a spectacle? Yes. Because The Hunger Games is just that. These are games. Yeah. And the psychology of gaming and what it means to participate the in... The industry of gaming. What it means, like, for... Uh, for as. Uh, a control tool for everyone. Like, I want more of all Exactly. Of like, a, a, in, in all honesty, um, when there's a moment where Katniss kind of gets wise and she's like, oh, this is a game. This is, like, it's real reality for me. But part of survival is, which is what um, Woody Harrelson characters yeah. tell her. It's like, you have to be likable. So creating a character, creating a persona, that is part of winning. And... All of that could be shown visually through editing, but instead, what they do very often is they have Stanley Tucci tell us. Yes. Or they use music cues. And I'm like, dude, like there are plenty of times in this movie where things go silent, where dialogue goes silent, and we just have a music overture. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Don't, I don't want, like, like, if I'm supposed to be sad, let the characters and the actors show me how sad I'm supposed to be, and the music be in the background. If the music is all that I have, then what you're telling me is that this scene didn't work. It, I don't know if this is exactly what you're pinpointing, but a vibe that I got when I initially saw this movie is I, was, I walked away thinking, I wish this was more of a war movie yes. and less of a Twilight thing. And yes. there's so many things, like all the things you're saying you don't like about it are the things that reminded me of Twilight when I was watching it. And I was like, why are we pandering to children with this insanely adult uh, subject well, matter? Well, honestly, we can, my, my thing with that, because I thought about that and I thought about like, all right, well, it's PG-13, it's, so, it's starring kids. Of course, if they're going to make this movie, they want kids to come see it. But... There are adult-themed books that kids watch all the time. Yeah, yeah. There are complex... Like, we allow a kid to have an affair with their teacher, but we can't show a kid understand the fragilities of life, sure, of yeah. taking a life. You yeah, know what I mean? also the like, fact <laughs> that, like, literally when you're dealing with war, a majority of the time you're dealing with children Absolutely. killing. So, like, let's be upfront about for what that me, is. Give me a hard R. Show me this violence. Well, for me, I think that this movie is... If, even if we don't get a hard R, give give me Lord of the Flies. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, show me that this this movie is about interpersonal dynamics. One of the things I didn't like about Woody Harrelson's character um, is that I wish that he was more of a uh, PTSD drunk than a I'm aloof drunk. So, again, and I keep going back to it, everything that you're saying is in the book. And I, I understand <laughs> that, like, I, I felt that they made him an alcoholic to show us that there's there's 
post-traumatic stress disorder in him. But the way it was portrayed was more of just like this almost Tony Stark kind of smart-ass way. And I didn't feel like he was tortured from having killed at least 11 children. You know yeah. what I mean? I didn't get the vibe that that weight was on his shoulders, which I really wanted it to be. Exactly. And I think that having a scene where you see him as his Tony Stark drunk thing, but then also there's just like one moment where like something falls and he jumps and yes. he reacts, you know, or like there's like, you show that he is, he is drunk because he's managing. Yes. You know, he is trying distant to because he's managing. Yes. This feeling that keeps creeping up on him. Give me something there. And I, Absolutely. I, I didn't get that. Um, I, do you want to talk about the games? Okay. So yeah, let's talk about the games a little bit. Um, Again, <laughs> it's really funny because the game keeper, the game maker, I can't remember his name, he does things that, in my mind... Who was the game keeper? What's his name? Do you God, know? I can't the remember. The guy with the ridiculous yeah, pirate it's like beard? Sensa or something like that. I sure. can't really okay. remember. I, it's completely... Pirate beard. Yeah, <laughs> pirate beard. So, pirate beard, um, they don't even really show his influence. Like, they show kind of like he is the... Um, the master of the games, but they don't really give that title any um, weight. I had the same thought because there were so many times where I was like, is this guy just President Snow's lackey or is he in charge? Because I'm seeing both of this. Happen. And that's what I'm saying. It, in, in reality, how the games are set up is it's kind of like the NFL puts on this thing. And there's the person like in charge. Like a government run yeah. NFL. Well, no, well, so this is how it's supposed to run. The government oversees the oh, NFL. Okay, okay. The NFL has its like see our head person in charge and they create the rules and all this other stuff. That's they're going to orchestrate how everything is done. Uh, or actually if you wanna if you wanna do it this way, it would be more like think of the games as a movie. And um, the director has an the idea. Director the director has an idea, has an idea. and the studio yeah. is the one who gives you notes. And it's very, very much like that. The weight of the success of these games determines your future yeah. is something that should have been implicit. But instead, in this movie, what they kind of do is Peta and Katniss survive. And instead of really showing his reaction or like his frustration or any kind of real tension in his role and being like, oh, crap, I'm, I'm in a tough spot. And I don't know what to do because if I kill them, then these people will be angry. But if I let them live, I'm risking my own life. Instead, we just kind of see him show up with a bowl of fruit at the end. And you're like, I guess there's something. Yes, this there? character, Pirate Beard has no intrinsic <laughs> motivation. Like, exactly. Everything he does is to please President Snow. There's nothing in him that feels like he has anything at stake in what's happening other than... Uh, displeasing this per like the president. Absolutely. So or they even kind of allude to it, but there are moments where he's supposed to be an artist. I mean, like he this dude has made it this far in life and he is curator of the biggest of the Super Bowl right now. Yeah. Of course he he talks to Stanley Tucci's character um about it, but you would like to see this guy really be audacious and be like yeah i i have all these great plans i've been looking forward to this one this games is going to be unforgettable you know yeah. what i mean someone who is put in charge of something this grand should be, behave as such and instead we just kind of see as you said 
him going back and forth with President Like, because he should have been the equivalent of Ed Harris's character. Absolutely, that's what Joe. I was thinking. Like, this mastermind, this brilliant guy. And to me, he seemed like a fucking goofy. goofy. Absolutely. Like, he seemed ridiculous. Like, and, uh, all right. So, I, uh, <laughs> the question about the games themselves is yeah. that I get that they can control the environment that they're in. I'm on board with that. I've seen Truman Show. I yeah. get that notion. Whatever. Got it. I feel like there was such a a jump the shark moment for me at the end of this movie was these like killer cat things. Yeah. And the reason why is because up until that point, I understood everything to be real in that world. Uh-huh. Out of the ground pops digital, what seems to be holographic images of killer cats. And that- they don't explain that. So actually, at least in the in the book, how that's explained is those animals are all the dead contestants. What they've done is, so when the contestants die or whatever, they are removed. Uh, like their bodies are, are removed. And what they've done is the gamekeeper has transformed their DNA so these... It's kind of like zombies. These are zombie cats that were formerly the other opponents. And it's supposed to be, again, it's supposed to be another psychological dig of having to look into the eyes of people you were speaking to just days before. And I understand that that's really hard to communicate and express. That's a super, like, deep cut (laughs) of a thought. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, in general, by showing you the cat being pulled up the scale and all this other stuff, they don't really, as you said, they just kind of, they're throwing something into the fish tank without ever really expressing why it's supposed to be. And I just don't understand why it's necessary. Why aren't kids killing each other entertaining enough? Like, I'm fine with just the kids working shit out. Like, I don't need outside influences like uh, other beasts to be, like, the fire, whatever, like, they're trying to keep them contained. But I thought that was so that the kids would have to confront each other. And to me... The cats take away from that. And also, to me, it would just been so much easier to just have a gate open and they run out. This digital then turned real thing, again, makes me question, what is this world? Is anything real here? Can they manipulate anything? Are these are these avatars? Are these even real people dying? Like, the, all these questions come up when a digital thing forms into a real thing. So Absolutely. No, no, and I, and I get that. And I think that um, what you're saying is, and I, and I agree, this movie is all over the place with its... Uh, explanations and I feel that as I said earlier a very simple solve for that is to show us a propaganda video right in the beginning or show us a greatest hits of you know of the past few games that way we get some understanding of the rules and how anything's possible as you said they kind of show that she's gone too far so they need to pull her in but there's no real explanation in this movie that every animal that's placed inside that area is strategic. Every Everything that's in there was created. They're, they're is, not in a regular forest. And, and this is what Truman Show does such a great job with is because we get to see the, the nooks and crannies of how everything works. And Truman Show does a great thing where they just give us like a, a helicopter view of their studio city that's under this protective dome. Absolutely. And so I see that and I'm like, oh, I understand that they can control the environment of everything that happens in that dome. 
when they go into the games, where the fuck even are we? Are we in a stadium? Are we in a television set? What is this? And see, it and, seems endless. And, and that's that. What you just said is perfect because something that's also missing is there. Uh, in the book, there is this understanding that they don't know what kind of typography they're going into. Yes. It's it's random. It could be anything. So you need to prepare for anything. Well, and so the fact that it's a forest actually helps Katniss out and yes. it's an advantage for her. But you don't like you just see her in the forest later and then they're like, oh and this is the environment that these particular games are in. And again, I think having some understanding that hey, it could have been any playing field. It could have been any well, briefly, they helpful. do touch on that. There's a scene on the train where Katniss is watching TV, and they do do a few like glimpses of past ones, and you can see that the the geography is vastly different. I would have loved again just one scene of just like right before the game starts, just like a video game. They're going through, and they just have maybe a random uh, selection yes. of typographies, Absolutely. and then they just stop on the forest one, and then like maybe we get a few stats of like forest known to have. Killer bees that, oh, killer cats, whatever, just As something. usual, you and I, in like a simple conversation, <laughs> were able to make this movie better. And that's my thing that I really think is uh, the problem with this movie is they're so easily fixed. Yeah. The issues that are here are like all it would have taken was one line or one camera movement. Speaking of camera, that shaky cam is... Hate it. Like, it's ridiculous. And he was like, oh, but I wanted to show the intensity of it. Yeah, but, like, you didn't. All you did was make me nauseous and you made it to where I... I had to remove, remove myself from investment because there was no steadiness. Yeah. Like, if every scene with Katniss is shaky, I understand. But give me some stability in the capital. Because we're not, like, at this point in time, things are good. Yeah. You know what I There's mean? There's no reason for it. Um, I wish that this movie wouldn't have vilified the other children in the game. I do not like the fact that we're supposed to care about some kids and not other kids. And well, I think that the answer to that is what you and I hit on earlier, which is to show that every kid that was a villain actually was a kid. And that was a kid, and that was coming, everything was coming from a place of fear. Everything was coming from a place of survival. And at a certain point, it was just like, huh, we're bullies in the woods. Exactly. And I, I was what, like, like explaining why they, again, they have, there's a line where Stanley Tucci is like, oh, we're getting, we're seeing some alliances. No, show me yeah. the alliances form. Show me all of these kids be I like, you it. know what? We are going to agree. Like, or even, again, even if you see them walking through the forest yeah. and them saying, all right, again, the agreement is, as we we, we make the top us. five. Yeah. We make the top five, and that that is the rules. No funny business. Yeah, yeah. Because there's that moment where they're all asleep, and I'm like, why is no one why? trying to kill yeah, other people? Why is no one just waking up? Dude, <laughs> fucking thank you. There's a moment where they're like, um, Peter's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I saw Jennifer Lawrence run this way. And they're all, uh, like, the two District 1 people stay back and they're like, let's just kill him now. And they're like, no, 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 he's going to lead us to Katniss. So, like, two scenes later, they find Katniss climbed up this damn tree. And so Katniss is there. And Peter's like, oh, well, we can't climb up the tree. Guys, let's just wait for her to come down. Yeah. And no one's <laughs> like, all right, well, we're done with this guy. Let's just kill him off. Why keep him alive? Exactly. At one point at the end of the uh, thing, uh, at the end of the games, uh, the district is like, hey, we have things that you all need. Like, you have to yes. get this. And Katniss runs to get medicine for PETA, who's, yeah. who's injured. 
a gr- the knife girl who's been practicing knivery all movie. Yeah. Um, she attacks Katniss, has a knife to her throat, and then begins a monologue. Yes. Oh my god. I was like, what is the now the time? Are you do- there are other people hunting you. Also, like- not only that, they're in this in this particular movie, there is like it's almost as if the kids can see. What's going oh, on? Oh, yes. That drove me crazy, because too. Because they, they, they often comment on, how's your storyline going? Yeah. Or, this happened, and yet, like, I you saw Rue, I killed her, and all this other stuff. And it's just like, yes. no one was around when this happened. So, either that give me word of mouth, scene. or yeah. show it, show that they show highlights at night. Yes, and everyone... Something. Because that specific scene where Knife Girl is giving her monologue and then Black Kid from District Compton, yeah. whatever, comes up... <laughs> District Compton. And kills her. She, he's like, you killed Rue? What? We have no understanding of you and Rue's relationship other than she's the other Black person. So exactly. you're just like, oh, you killed the other To black be person? fair... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. But still, it was just like, is she related to you? Do you know her? Do you have a relationship with her? We didn't see any of that. If they had shown even from the beginning, just like we said. But it was interesting because, like, uh, he kills, and then he goes to Katniss, and he's like, I'm going to let you live, and this is for Rue. How do you know anything of their relationship? Absolutely. And again, who is Rue to you? Absolutely. And this is this is why I'm saying, so do you mind if we move over to the makeover? Do you yeah, 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 yeah. I just think, most of all, we've covered most of the things that are in my makeover. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There's just, a, I, I, gosh, I fucking had just one or yeah, two things I needed to get off my mind. Um, I wish that Lenny Kravitz's character, like all the characters, <laughs> had been given a little bit more screen time because Lenny Kravitz, out of all the adults participating in this game... Seemed to be much more sympathetic to the kids' journeys. Yes. But he also actively participates in making these games more entertaining. Yes. And there's no, like, moment where he's conflicted or whatever with, like, his role in, like, helping prepare these games and ultimately preparing kids to look pretty before they die. Well, what I think is important that we've kind of repeatedly said is the nuance of a character. Because... Someone like Lenny Kravitz's character is supposed to be, again, resigned to this is how things are going to be. Yeah. You know, he, when he says, when he's talking to her and he's like, hey, I really was, I was inspired by what you did. And I asked for you because I believe in your story. In his way, he's contributing. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, it's like, I'm, I'm pulling for you and I'm doing everything I can sure. to make sure, because it's not just about making you look good. It's. You looking good can save your life. And what you did inspired me enough that I want to give you the best chance that anyone's ever got. Yeah. And if we got that kind of passion, that kind of monologue from him, I think we you would have what you're looking exactly. for. Exactly. But instead, you just kind of have this really nice guy be like, hey. <laughs> you got this. You got this and you you wear my clothes well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. Okay, so I had mentioned this before that, like, I had issues with the chemistry between um, uh, Peta and Katniss. But one of the things is this fucking flashback that they keep alluding to of him giving her (laughs) bread. Because this is the scene, all right? Peta comes out of his shack, Uh and he's just throwing loaves of bread like it's nothing over to the pigs, right? Katniss... We have no story for why she is just sitting under a tree in the rain in the dark sleeping. Yeah. Whatever. She's that poor. Sure. Um, 
We see uh, Peter sees Katniss over there. He's throwing bread to literally pigs in the mud, and he's like, "There's another pig in the mud." <laughs> bread to her in the fucking dirt, and just like, "Yeah, I, you know, I had your back." No, so, you didn't have my back. I'm gonna be like, I don't know how many times I've said, oh, "Take a shot." Every time I said, gosh, the book. "I don't care if it's but, a book; it's a bad thing." No, 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 I agree. But what I'm saying is, in that scene, in that particular scene, what you're getting is. Peta is, you can kind of see it, he's burnt the bread. And so he's in trouble because their livelihood is based on baking and being able to sell everything that they can. He has burnt bread. So he's actually in trouble. And he's actually just gotten, like, they don't really show it, but he's just gotten beaten by his mother because he has ruined money. He's and, lost and money. And you know what? Showing and, that it was burnt, or showing something, because it was so confusing to me that uh, Katniss was literally like sleeping under a tree in the rain and this kid just had bread to spare. Exactly. So there's that but then also one of the biggest problems with people uh, people had with casting Jennifer Lawrence is the fact that she is a very healthy looking girl and Katniss was supposed to be like skin and bones I, and you're supposed to see like, like that scene of Katniss outside under the rain what we're supposed to know about that and what is implied, but not really shown really well, is she hasn't eaten for days. Yeah. She and Prim are like on their last leg. And that bread that he looked, he would have gotten in trouble for giving bread away. But the fact that he risked getting into more trouble to feed this really starving girl is supposed to be the Aladdin giving the orphans bread It's moment. so funny that you said that because when I saw that and I just was putting this movie together, I was like... Oh, she must have gotten a fight with her mom and just like ran away for the night. Like yeah. I didn't understand the context of it. It's interesting that you talked about the casting because I remember when we were first talking about making this mo- book into a movie, they were talking about having Haley Steinfeld. Um, Which one was that? She was in Bumblebee. She was in True Grit. She was in um, Edge of Seventeen. Oh, yes. So she had just got off a of True Grit, which she was a much younger than Jennifer yes. Lawrence. She was like. 13, 14 in appearance. And it would have worked. And I actually think, again, making the characters a little bit younger would have reminded us of the fact that children are dying. The fact that, like, the leads of this cast, as far as the game goes, are basically all the kids that look like adults. Yeah. Took away the fact that, like, children are killing each other. Honestly, my my thing is, I feel, and I, I alluded to this earlier... I feel like people like this movie because they like Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. And because they like the idea of the plot. Yes. I do not think people like this movie for the movie because the movie is all over the place. Yeah, the 100%. movie could tell a story way better by having a handful of changes. But because the idea behind the movie is so big and because there is something about Jennifer Lawrence that even when she's not doing her best work, she is likable. That is what makes this movie a, a success in my mind. What are we changing about this? All right, so for me, I think we covered a lot of it. I, I was saying earlier, I want this to be a Netflix series or an HBO series. I want I want someone out there to remake this. Get the right, we get a remake of everything. Just have but them do someone it. who like is really gonna do well with it. Well, someone who's gonna understand the gravity of what I said. Is. I want. I put. I put Peter Weir from the Truman Show. Okay. Or if we're gonna do a movie, David Fincher, like from Gone Girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does Gone Girl so well. Yes. And he un- he understood the underlying 
like it wasn't just the story about this missing person. It was what what story does a missing person's case bring up? How does everyone react? Sure, sure, sure. Like what are all of the assumptions? And that's what I think this movie needs. That's wow, yeah. That's I didn't even think about Gone Girl, but the way it builds suspense in that movie Exactly um, would have just this movie Hunger Games would benefit so much from having a, a terror horror scary element so we As can you understand said, the fear that the children this is are in. war. It's war. And why are we not treating it as such? Yeah. Um and so that's what that's my idea for it. Um and I just said that again this this is America in the future. What got us here? Um, what do these characters think and feel about their place in America? Because I feel that, honestly, if you were to take any of the really good TV shows now, or even let's even take Game of Thrones, you understood what was at risk or what was at stake for every single person. Whether they were rich or poor, you understood that this person was raised to be this way, this person's ideology is this way, and their values and their system all come from the their upbringing. No matter who it was, you understood that their upbringing and the, the world that they live in, this version of their universe, is why they make the decisions that they do. And to be too nice is deadly, to be too mean is deadly. And having some of that in there would make this movie and this IP phenomenal. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll jump off of that because... Obviously, we talked about a lot of things already that we'd like to change. Um, just from a, if I'm just trying to think about simplicity, like when it comes to directors, if we're keeping this a movie, I thought like I would really love a Christopher Nolan approach. And when Ooh. I say that, I mean in the sense to where like when you're watching Inception, right? Yeah, you're watching like four different timelines cut up together in a way where you can perfectly understand what is in the past, what is in the present. What is in the future? What's going on with this? Like building up a, a storyline from a character that's in the past and then going into the future and then going back to the past. And you're like, oh, that's what that means. Like all of that intricacy, I think would have been awesome. Like to me, I would have loved if this movie started with um, like we just see Katniss and we see her that moment where she's about to walk out into the games. And we just see her fear and we just see her whatever. And then we just flash back. And the movie just keeps playing with timelines in a way that, like, I, I think will give us more context for what's happening. And also, like, if you have the games going throughout the movie, you have action sequence. And then we can take a second as, uh, as an audience to reflect and, like, understand the weight of it. And then action sequence. And instead of having everything at the end because as soon as the games pop up i'm looking at my watch like yeah this movie's so long the we games just... don't start until because I, I was doing the games start an hour and a half into this god movie. damn who has that kind of time and, and it's called the hunger games and so i'm with you i i mean we keep going back to it but i feel like this this movie is a cousin of the truman show yeah yeah, yeah. and what the truman show is supposed to be and i feel that um with the Truman Show, we open up with him already being in the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we don't we don't look at their concept and watch, follow him from a kid and like all this other stuff. No, we open up with his daily routine. We understand all of and the by world that doing he's in. that. We understand that we are entering a world in which everyone thinks this is normal. Exactly. And because you're just jumping, it's just like any other day. And so to have like kids killing each other be just like this thing that everyone knows happens, 
Um, that would have been really interesting to me. The fact that you brought up a series, I can't escape the idea of the <laughs> excitement of that because this 100% belongs as a series. And I can't, uh, to me, like, if I thought, like, oh, I want this series to be like this, um, I'm going to choose Walking Dead, and here's my reason Okay, why. I've never seen Walking Dead. Okay, I've ahead. never seen Game of Thrones, so okay. even okay. seasons. Have you ever seen um, Breaking Bad? Yes. All right, so let's, like, I, I would, because I was going to say, Breaking Bad also does something very similar, where it's like, you get a body of characters, and we are able to understand the, their stakes in their world. But keep going. What I was just going to say about Walking Dead was not only are we constantly rotating characters that, um, as the series goes, like, like people are constantly dying throughout the series. Yeah. So the challenge is bringing in new characters that you care about. And I feel like um, the, like the, to understand how to do that really well, this, this IP would benefit from. But also just action sequences and as far as like the emotional weight of what an action sequence is i'm not just getting like all right game started eight people are dead bam 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 bam, and we just like walk away all right who's left that's how this game starts and i don't understand like they're killing like an eight-year-old and i'm like yeah that's sad but i don't know who this kid is i don't know any of that so like to me like having someone who can understand like what it means for everyone to die all lives matter hashtag. Like, yeah. You know, like what it means, it, it would have just mattered so much more to me. So I'm I, with you because I'm just thinking, think about this. Think about having one episode, just one episode that is about the first day. Yeah. And so what you get is we know what's going on. We've led up to this. We know the games are coming. Yeah. That is clear. We've seen our history. We've seen the challenges. As you said, we know what type of, topography we're getting and all this other stuff but that episode halfway through that episode the game start and then for the next 30 minutes it is um this is a game of Thrones reference but it's war of winterfell it is every like it is chaos there is people and then dying you pull out and realize it's televised yeah <laughs> but what i'm saying is it's like it's all of that happens and then not only are we invested because it's chaos or it's like a saving private ryan like moment of everything's happening all at once and i don't know where to look and i don't know where all of these you know all of my emotions are supposed to be but at the end of that you just have a breath realizing this was just the first five minutes yes okay so because <laughs> if i'm thinking about a season of this i'm yeah. thinking like it starts uh the the year before the games of the year before and so we see the carnage, we see everything, but we see the characters that are later going to be participating, watching the fear of it. Flash forward, the week before the game starts, they see that the capital is coming in, setting up their nerves, their anxiousness, they can't sleep, they're having nightmares. Every kid in the city is afraid that their name's going to be called. I want to feel this. Honestly, so what I, like, and this is a, a meaning, I feel that what you just said is right, but flip it. And what I mean is start with the anticipation the capital is coming in and they're setting up and yeah, people yeah, yeah. are freaking out. And you don't you don't understand why everyone's so disturbed by the mere fact that there's a pop-up tent. Yes. And yeah. there's a, a, a name and a lottery. Like, you know, like like there's confusion there, there's questioning, there's intrigue. And that's the but thing then by episode five, or as you said, season two, we get a flashback to everyone set up and you get to visit old friends, people you know who are already dead. Yeah. You get to see different people in different versions. You get to see 
previous Ima- winners. Imagine, yeah. imagine us getting attached to kids. Yes. Yeah. Watching them die, and then as the next season goes around, they're showing it on TV like it's a sports highlight reel, and you have to watch the person you care, the character you fell in love with, die as part of an entertaining sports reel. I want to see all of that. Absolutely. This is why oh I, my think, God. I think all right, I think really <laughs> I know they're actually thinking about doing a prequel series, um, which again I'm interested in, but not as much as I am a, a like a full. Like uh, like a Netflix or an HBO series. Absolutely, and I feel like that's that's what we really need. I feel that there are so many things, as we said, there are class dynamics, there are psychological elements, there are, um, I mean, like the resistance part of this. You don't, you haven't really seen the yeah. way this movie goes. I, well, I have seen the sequels to this movie, so I do understand that there is so much more story to tell beyond what's just in this first movie. But the fact is, you could make an entire five season show based on just this movie because well, there's so much meat on this bones as far as like well, what characters this explore. book what the books do which I loved about the books is the books end on cliffhangers the books end with you being like wait what it's like a season finale okay you know what I I <laughs> I genuinely genuine gen, I, genuinely <laughs> genuinely have an issue with um Movies that end on a cliffhanger because to me, such as with this movie, I didn't feel like it was earned because the cliffhanger is just a lot of loose ends. Yeah. It's not ending on like a <gasps> moment. And like, to, if you're going to end on like a, hey, we're leading up to a sequel, give me a <gasps> moment to like, oh, I'm so looking forward to seeing what happens. And I'm just like, wait, there's a bunch of shit that didn't get wrapped up. Like, I guess there's going to be a sequel that maybe hopefully touches on that, but like... Exactly. But but what you need is you get you need someone who understands... As we said earlier, you need someone who understands the stakes. You yeah. need someone who... If we want to take it back to war movies or if you want to take it to um, the movie we've been plotting this entire... T- or shining this entire time, Truman Show, you get... At the end of Truman Show, what happens? There is a guy in a tub who just changes the channel. And yeah. what you understand is that the audience in general has moved on. The, the Everything that just happened is going to be forgotten about yeah. in the next five seconds. And they're moving on to the next. And to have some kind of reflection of that, and to have this movie end where we just went through all of this and everyone's just like next chapter or you know it's just like See, what what we think is a rescue mission or what we think is them winning and taking the berries and they get out and it ends right there you get what i'm saying it's so, like and and just to keep with the like where the story goes uh with the movies and with the books like i would have even liked it if they would have taken a moment at the end of this movie to where katniss is so excited to just go home to just be with her sister like everything she does has been to go back to her sister and I really wish there was this moment of, like, Woody Harrelson, like, sitting her down and looking looking at her and being like, you don't understand, like, you are now, from now on, a representative of these games and a property of the capital. And, like, the games have just begun with you and you don't even realize. First of all. I wish that's how it ended. First like, of all. Us not understanding what that means and seeing Katniss so disappointed that she's not getting the, ah, I'm back to normal. There is no back to normal. So it's really funny because that's literally in the first 30 minutes of the second movie. But you're right. If we were to get Katniss back in a bed and 
and just relieved that it's over. And he's like, oh, actually, the games are just beginning. And that's where it ends. You're like, yes, I want more. Yeah. Um, let's let's do it. Let's we, We're in Hollywood oh, now. We can find yeah. people. So anyway, that is our movie. Thanks. Yo, I got to say something, right? Yeah, Because my girlfriend literally gave me shit. She was like, I think that movie's too good for you to talk about. <laughs> I personally think this is one of my favorite conversations we've ever had. Because we didn't choose a movie that was so, so bad. We didn't choose a movie that was boring. Like, we chose a movie that really had so much story that it couldn't contain it all. And Absolutely. to me, as just for uh, for our conversation, I just, I was, I was so interested in just sitting down and talking about the ins and outs of this world with you. So, um, I, I really hope people don't give a shit for choosing Hunger Games. No, no, I, I mean. It's a very beloved movie, but I'm glad that we were able to kind of talk I about it. I think, I think that you and I had a discussion that needed to be had. And it's like, I think very much people were satisfied with what they got in 2012, but we are not in a 2012 world of anything. We're closer to this version of reality than we were when that movie first came out. And that's why I think this movie speaks very differently in 2019. Because when you see, we know of children who are activists. We know of governments selling children's death as patriotic. We know of parents waking up in the morning not knowing if their kid is going to be killed. Exactly. This is a world where we we understand civil unrest coming from media. We understand television being used to sold lies. Like these are things that we're just way more in tuned with. The way this hits in 2019 is completely different yeah. because this is a we we are no longer in the Obama generation. We if anything we've left the Capitol and we are now seeing things for the production that it is. And, and you know what? I will say that that definitely contributed to my viewing of it now because as a citizen of a country where I don't agree with what my government's doing and I'm getting angry watching it, it was frustrating to not see the members of this world reacting in the way that I am currently reacting in when they are so much further along their journey towards, you know, dystopia or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, that's... No, no, and I agree with you. I think the... One of the biggest things, and I've repeated myself when I'm talking about this, is the lack of emotional nuance and um from from everyone yeah you are you get peaks of emotion and kind of like a steadiness in a lot of other characters but there's no real performance of of individuals you know what i mean like you know what it's it's kind of like when we were talking about i hate to compare this movie the fucking uh the day after tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. But in that same respect of like, there's something so much bigger going on that it's really hard to care about one person. As much as I feel like Katniss is such a great character and they do a lot of great things with her, it's hard to just care about her when I'm curious about the... There's there's literally eight-year-olds dying around her. Like, I, I want to know what the society is reacting well, to. Well, not only the society, but I think it would help. Again, the book does this kind of well. But it would help if you understood how that affected Katniss. Yeah. You know, if you... If give me you, VO. I'm fine with VO. Well, uh, well, yeah, give me VO. I think VO is important, and I think that's great. But if you have someone who... We see her react very strongly to the death of Rue. But that's it. Like, you've seen several other people. So what you're saying is this person only really cares about people she knows dying. I, but, if, but what I'm saying is there's this mirroring of Rue and... 
her sister. Yes. I wish I would have saw more of that. I wish I would have saw one moment where she looked down at Dead Room and she saw her sister or something like that. Exactly. And, then, like, and, and these are what I'm saying. We need... It's not that we can't care. A, very, a lot of stories are about one character. Yeah, 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 view, yeah. Their viewpoint into an entire world. And they're our access point. But what we needed was to have a character who reacted in emotions that made sense to us. To your point about, like, it's easier to follow some stories that have one or two characters. Like, for example, I'm going to bring up The Matrix here for a second. The Matrix follows Neo into this new world. We're getting introduced to this whole new concept of life and his approach to it. But the thing that makes it easier is that we're just seeing Neo react react to, to this thing. We're not seeing a country react. And when the country's reacting as well, it creates this curiosity where I can't help but to think. Well, I think that what's important is we're not, as I keep saying, we're not getting reactions from Katniss, really. We we don't really get her understanding of what's going on. And I say this to be like, think about it. Harry Potter. Yes. Um, as you said, The Matrix. These are all people, Alice in Wonderland, these are people who enter a world that's foreign to them. And we kind of just see them Wizard of Oz. Yeah. We, we're, they're constantly like, wait, what? This is weird. Is this not weird to anyone else? Yes. And I wish this movie had decided, hey, we're going to give you either Truman Show or we're going to give you Matrix. We're going to give you everyone's point of view of this and you know, obviously with yeah. the lead as well. Or we're just going to focus on this one person's story. And this movie couldn't really decide it what it wanted decide, to decide. And that's where we're at. Yeah. Um, so Goddamn. You ready to wrap this up? <laughs> yeah. This movie. <laughs> also, oh, oh, and something I had said to you when we were off camera was that I, I loved this movie because of the social implications that it had. Yeah. The idea that media is used to sway the the public the fact that the the hunger games themselves are used to keep everyone else in line who's not in the capital yes and if you are in the capital you buy into it but you buy into it in a way that is so blind you can't see the humanity of everyone else it's just like any other cult where it's like no why 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 would you not be honored to be a part of this? This is this is America. Yeah. This is a sacrifice That's, that you're making like for your the country. Purge. I kept thinking about the purge, and I was like, the purge does, I think, a little bit of a better job with understanding like the government's like, no, everyone get on board. This is what's happening. Like you have to, you have to. Exactly. It's like, why would you not? This is patriotic. You're gonna you're going to buy in to it because there are people who take that as they take it as fact. You know, it's like yeah. the government wouldn't tell me uh, if we want to talk about uh, the kids from District 1. No, why would... My parents wouldn't raise me. Yes. My parents love me. They would not raise me for something that wouldn't be the best, the benefit for me. If you're in the Capitol, no, we wouldn't do this unless we had to do this. I so, have to say, even if we had a series that wasn't even revolved around Katniss, where like every season was a new group of kids getting ready to go to the Hunger Games, just as fascinating, just as interesting. Because you're right. Every district is going to have a person from a different social economics class that's going to have a different perspective walking in and a different approach to going in. And all of that is fascinating because it's a reflection of our country and the different like well, levels. Not only our country, which is, I mean, of course, as I said, this is America and it's supposed to be a reflection of America. But what's really, really fascinating to me is the many viewpoints from 
for one system. Yes. The idea, as you said, there are 12 districts. How does each district react to this? Yeah, what because, part does each, each district play into the overall success of the capital so that when they start to rebel, we understand what that means for the capital? You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. And, and then also, but like, what does it mean? We hit on this earlier. What does it mean to be in the capital? Yes. And for you, I see that as people who... It's kind of like the plantation owners. Yes. You know what I mean? Where it's like, we live... Why, I mean, we're giving you a good life. We we bring you here yes. and give you all of this food and all of this... And that's why, like, seeing a perspective from someone who's, like, District 2 or 3, who's like, the capital is so close to being in my grasp. Like, I want to earn that. Like, I want that lifestyle. And I'm so close to it, but not quite there. But Love. then also, as you said, with our indie, also showing that... By the way, just because you won doesn't mean it's over. And that that aftermath of winning and of being, oh, it's very much like House of Cards, where it's like, oh, your goal was to get here, but once you're here, it's a whole other beast. And, and your fight's not over. Yes, and I, I again, not just you won, and now you're a pro, the propaganda machine. You're an intricate part of the propaganda machine. You also have to repress... All of this fear and and everything you're feeling from being in a, a thrusted into a warlike environment, like you have to deal with that quietly. You can't see a therapist. You have no one to talk to about it. You have to pretend like everything's fine or like shit's gonna fall apart. That's fascinating. And in a real way, it's like, what do you look like when you realize there is no exit? Yes. You know what do you do at that point? Because that's someone who's like, you know what, we have to rebel. And yeah. I, I get that. Like in just the few movies that they made, like they did a great job of sh of shoving so much story into like a series. But as we've discussed, we clearly need more. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we this is clearly one of our favorites. We've had a really <laughs> interesting topic. But um, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Movie Makeover. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, all of the places. Uh, we really appreciate your uh, loyalty. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X T R A C E E J T C. Um, just real fast, just because I, I do want to say something that uh, I just have a quick recommendation for our, our listeners because yeah. I actually got the idea to list to watch this movie after watch. I was on the, an airplane recently. And, yeah. Uh, you know the entertainment that they provide, but one of the things they had was a documentary series that James Cameron did called The Story of Science Fiction. And, like, it goes through all these different topics of science fiction, the way that movies have approached time travel and yeah. dystopias and, and all monsters and all these things. And I found it to be absolutely fascinating. So um, just because we did this movie based on that, I wanted to give them a bit of a shout-out, um, even though I don't 100% of the time care about James Cameron. I thought this documentary <laughs> was really great. So. I mean, honestly, he is one of the most notable movie makers sure, of our time. So I think it's interesting to see his approach. Well, there's Spielberg is in it. Scorsese's in it. Like, absolutely. you know, so all these great directors are in it. So, um, yeah, absolutely check it out. Where can they find you? You can uh, find me, um, at a braver me, on Instagram. And guys, I'm dead ass serious. If you have thoughts about this movie, if you want to yell at us, if you want to talk to us, hit us up on our social media. You can email us at moviemakeover at gmail.com. Um, let us know what you think, um, because obviously we had lots of thoughts. Also on social at movie underscore makeover. As always, I'm Teach. And I'm TC. Makeover and out. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs>